0: Uh, well, happy 4th of July. Hopefully, you guys are going to have a good day today. Uh, I don't know if you guys are going to be outside. Any of you guys going to be outside? One or, one or two people. How can you enjoy the AC? Any of you going to enjoy the AC? You also do fireworks. You going to go see fireworks? Not many people. One person. One person is going to look at fireworks. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Far, I, Fireworks is, 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 is fun. You know, you see the you see probably you see the same kind of fireworks show every year, but uh, since it's only like once or twice a year, you see it, it's, it's always enjoyable. So hopefully, you guys can enjoy a safe, happy Fourth of July day today. Um, I, I'm blanking out. I had I thought of some kind of announcement, and I it's slipping my mind. That's why you write it down. All right, maybe we'll come up in the sermon or afterwards, Uh, I'll I'll think of it. Uh, Let's bow our heads, let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for uh, this country. We thank you, Lord God, for the freedoms that we have. We thank you, Lord, that we can be in a place where we can worship you. We can meet in public. We can proclaim your name. Help us, Lord God, to not take that for granted. Help us to not take for granted the freedoms we have here in this country, Lord. And give us wisdom, Lord God, in that freedom. Give us kindness and compassion and love, sense of justice and righteousness, your righteousness, your justice. Help us, Lord God, to be faithful, Lord God, to the blessings you've given us. Lord, we pray as we begin to your word today, may you speak to us. May your Holy Spirit stir in us, teach us, convict us, encourage us. May you open our ears, our minds, our hearts to your word, Lord we do thank you for this time, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so, I'm going to give you a little bit of exercise, you can raise your hands and stuff. How many of us here have ever broken a bone? How many have broken a bone before? All oh, right, so about four, four of you, okay. How many have ever kind of had any kind of corrective surgery? Right, a couple, all right. Um, how many have ever been hospitalized? You've had to stay in the hospital for some reason. All right, so about half a dozen, a little, about 10 of you. How um, have you ever burned yourselves? You got burned yourself? So I'm not just about a little, oh, it's hot, but you actually got, got burned. All right, you got a number of hands here. Um, any experience ongoing health problems? Any ongoing health problems? All right, we got some hands here. All right, some of you are really healthy have you ever gotten a paper cut? All right. All right. There's a lot more people with paper cuts. All right. Uh, At some level, we can appreciate uh, getting hurt, getting sick, and experiencing how amazing the body can be, right? Sometimes we kind of take for granted how amazing our body is until we hurt something or we get sick, And then we kind of experience, we may not think about it, but we realize how amazing the human body is. Isn't it amazing just even thinking about that our body heals? Right, we kind of take that for granted, but, you know, I think it's amazing that God designed our bodies to be able to heal or recover. Some of you remember that, you know, I sliced up my toe pretty good. And when that happened, I witnessed how amazing the human body is uh, I, I mentioned that uh, something happened when I sliced my toe and I saw what happened and i didn't freak out. I was kind of actually calm, but I witnessed how amazing my the human body is because the, my, my body kind of went into some kind of shock, and I didn't give it permission to go into shock, but it just went into shock, and I don 't know what happened i, I passed out and all those things, and I'm saying those things out of, you know, frankly, I'm pretty embarrassed by that, that I actually fainted a few times, and I'm I'm only sharing that for the sake of the sermon analogy, (laughs) otherwise I would be like too embarrassed to mention that, but the reality is, for some reason, my body did that to help mask whatever was the pain or, or the shock of it all, whatever it is, my body rallied around whatever was happening to me. To help me cope with the injury. Now, Pastor Andy, like this past week, tried to one-up me. I got got the message, and you know, I said, hey, you know, just I think it was just when he got back from the ER yard, something like that, and he showed me the the gash, and it's a pretty nice, pretty nice little gash there. So he tried to one-up me. So he he has a, a very recent example of how our bodies rally to different parts of our body, rallies together when it's hurt or when it's injured. And you know, I didn't really take notice of my middle toe, right? I took for granted the middle toe. It's not until your body, a part of your body gets hurt or is sick do you realize how significant it is. I mean, I I value the big toe, right? We can see the function of the big toe. I guess the the little pinky toe, maybe it's functional. I never thought of the middle toe. Because there's three other inward toes there. So I never thought about it. But it's not until it got hurt, you know, it got hurt that I realized, all right, our, our toes are significant. You don't realize it. And it's, our bodies doesn't look like the rest of our body didn't say, oh, it's just a middle toe. We'll let it hurt. We don't have to worry about it. It doesn't do that. It wrapped the whole system, rallies together to heal. It's amazing, the human body. Last week I talked about ants, how amazing the life of ants are, how if you watch ants, they're always busy, they're always doing something, but their busyness isn't just for for anything or whatever, there's a function and a purpose, the whole colony works together for the sake of the colony. So whether you use the analogy of the human body or ants, there's a principle that we we can glean from when it comes to our church body here, right? There's a standard in which we want to apply when we talk about faithful service as a church. Do we have faithful service and what it looks like? We've been in Romans chapter 12. Oh, this is what I was going to announce. I forgot. I knew it was going to come up. I mentioned it was going to be a 10-week study. Uh, I didn't lie but I'm going to alter it a little bit. It's going to, it's going to be maybe about a, a week or so more than just the 10-week. Because I spent one week additional on one other point. But uh, I guess when you're, when, when you're a pastor, you can have that liberty, right? Um, but, so we're going to have another week or so on this series. But we've been looking at Romans 12. And by now, you should have this whole chapter memorized, right? Maybe you're like, Pastor Mark, are we ever going to get out of Romans 12? But there's a reason why we're in this for so long. And hopefully by the end of this, we're going to really glean the meaning of it. But turn to your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Any of you bring your Bible? How many of you brought your Bible? All right, you got some hands here. All right, I appreciate that. Romans chapter 12. What does it look like? We're looking at faithful service as a church. We want to have faithful service in our own lives. We want to have faithful service. So Romans chapter 12, we're going to pick it up in verse 4. It says, For just just as many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, Let each exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now I want to mention again, just to point out the importance of diversity and unity in the body of Christ, how that we're all different parts, we may have different functions, but we're all together working for a united purpose. We see that in verse 4, just as many members in one body. And all the members do not have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ. Individual members, but one body. Paul also brings this up in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4-6. through six. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. It's important for us to know that we do not all have to look alike. We don't have to look alike, do the same things the same way. We all can have a different function, some of us may have the same function. But we can all look different. We don't have to look the same way. If you think about the body, each body part doesn't look the same, right? Even if it has the same function, it doesn't look the same. Our fingers, they all don't look identical. Our eyes may not be completely identical. I remember that moment. I don't know if you can relate to this. Do you remember the moment when you discovered or you were told... That your face... Now, I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize in advance if this traumatizes you, okay? But this was big for me. I remember the moment when I heard that my face was not completely symmetrical. How many of you didn't know that until now? Okay. If that was news to you, try not to dwell on that. Because when I was young and I heard that, I stared at the mirror... And my jaw dropped. I was like, oh my goodness. My face isn't symmetrical. My eyes may not be aligned right. My, my ears may not be... It freaked me out. It took me a long time as a young kid to realize... To look at myself and not realize that. So hopefully we're not looking at each other. And we're like, oh yeah. I've been seeing that face for a long time. And you're right. Your eyes look different. Now, Hopefully that doesn't traumatize you. Hopefully... You're not spending more time in the bathroom analyzing your face. Don't worry about it, but that's the reality. Each part of our body may not look the same way. Some of us may have similar functions within the church, or within the body of Christ, we don't have to always look the same. But there's many different parts, and there's many members and many different gifts. Along with different members come many gifts. We're not going to look at all the lists or the re- go through the passage in 1 Corinthians 12. But here's some of the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know if this is working. Okay, there you go. But here's a list of some of the different gifts of the Spirit. We see in Romans chapter 12, there's a gift of prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership or management or overseeing mercy. Then we see again in 1 Corinthians 12, wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, again, prophecy, discernment of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Okay? Now, I don't think these lists are a complete exhaustive list of spiritual gifts, but there's a list of some of the different spiritual gifts. God gives different gifts to different people. Right? Right? It's not an exhaustive lift. One example there may be in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, Paul talks about singleness as being a gift. Now, how many of you have ever wanted, when you talked about gifts from God, how many of you ever prayed, God, can I have a gift of singleness? Any of you? When you pray for God, I'm sure some of you, when you go home to pray for a gift, can you imagine? if a gift just miraculously comes down from the sky, it's a beautifully wrapped gift, and God's saying, here's your gift, it comes down on you, and you're all excited, and you open that gift, and you open the box, and you look in it, what does it say? The word singleness. How many single people are here? Any of you single? Are you looking forward to that gift? Are you saying, God, like I did when I was younger, God, when I heard about spiritual gifts, I want some gifts, but please don't give me the gift of singleness. Right, it worked out for me, right? But singleness is a gift. It's a gift, right? It's a gift from God to be able to remain single. Because not everybody can do it. Not everybody can feel content with it. And some of you might be sitting there and say, I don't know how that can be a gift. All right, marriage is a good thing. But Paul goes on to talk about that passage. Why singleness is a gift? It's because then you can solely give your life to the Lord. You're not distracted by family while family is good, right? Family takes a, a part of your life. You're not distracted by those things, but you can give solely to the Lord. So singleness is a gift. I imagine, I don't know if any of you are going to be praying for that. But, so there's a lot of different gifts in the body of Christ Many different spiritual gifts, but the Holy Spirit distributes throughout the body of Christ. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. So the Holy Spirit, there's different parts, different members, different functions, and different gifts that the Holy Spirit may give you. Now I mentioned last week the difference between talents and spiritual gifts, right? What is the difference? Both are given by God, but spiritual gifts are moments of grace given to us by God to be effective for the edification of others. There are means in which God works through us to bless others. They go beyond our human capabilities. The difference between talents and gifts, talents, we can exercise our gifts, our talents, right? Our natural giftedness. We can do those things. But the difference between spiritual gifts is that the moments, those things, God is working through us. He is doing the work. He is doing the effectiveness, right? These moments may involve our talents, but they also involve the means that are outside our comfort zone. God may use a spiritual gift within your talentedness, your giftedness of natural talents. Maybe it's worship, maybe it's music. Maybe it's in speaking, whatever it may be. He may use those things, but he also uses gifts outside your comfort zone. How many of you are shy? You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, I don't expect you to raise your hand, right? I asked, you, how many of you are shy? None of you are going to raise your hands because you're too shy to raise your hands. You may feel like, I'm too hesitant. I'm too shy to do anything. Well, maybe public speaking isn't going to be the avenue. But maybe God can use you as a comfort to somebody. Maybe it's not in the public out front, but maybe there's a giftedness that God has used you to to help others. It may not be in a big public, but maybe it's one-on-one. Maybe it's more in a subtle situation. So while you may feel shy, but you may find, you may discover, if you take that step of faith to encourage someone to be there, to take an opportunity to help others, you might find God's giftedness in that moment, even though you're shy, even though you think of your limitations. I mentioned about public speaking. I don't consider myself a public speaker, and yet here I am. Any effectiveness that I may have, or ineffectiveness, anything good, or nothing that you could take away from, anything good is going to be because God is speaking to you. Because God is going to work in you. It's not going to be the persuasive words of myself. I only pray that God speaks to you. That this is a moment where God speaks to you. Encourages us. Brings us together in His Word. So spiritual gifts work not only within, can work within our talents, but it can even work beyond our talents. Even beyond our comfort zones. And I mentioned last week to pray for spiritual gifts. Seek it out. How many of us how many of you have ever asked of your parents for a gift this this past year? You've asked for something. Right? I'm sure we've all asked for something. God says, look, ask of me, seek it. Let me give to you. You never know what you're going to discover. Right, when you pray, and sometimes those gifts, you discover those things in opportunities as you take steps of faith. You know, God, I don't know what to expect of this, but I feel like you're leading me to talk to this person. And I may not even know what to say, but God, I'm going to take a step of faith, and I'm just going to do it. Seek it out. It's like Christmas shopping. How many of you love Christmas shopping? Dads, do you like Christmas shopping? Who does the Christmas shopping in your family? Is it the moms or the dads? Moms? Moms kind of do good Christmas shopping, right? I'm not a shopper. For the most part, mom does a Christmas shop in our family. Why? Because I have this tolerance of shopping. My threshold of shopping is like five minutes. I want to get in that store, browse through it, see it. If I don't see anything, I'm out of there. But my wife is more thoughtful about it. Contemplates my kids. What would they like? What are they like? What could be useful for them? And she will browse through to find what is an appropriate or a gift that fits the kid. Me, it's like, I, I kind of think that, but I think very quickly. Give me five minutes. In the store, out of there. But God gives, gives individual gifts to each person. God knows you. And God can gift you accordingly. So it's an amazing thing to think about. So there's many different members, many different gifts, many functions united in purpose. These gifts come with a purpose. They're not just a gift that you get that just sits there and does nothing. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. There are different parts in the body, different functions, different roles that people play. In this church body, there are different roles that we can have. The pastor has one role. And it's easy to just kind of look at the pastor because the pastor's up front. Church deacons, council members, elders, they have a role. They're very important in church decision-making, right? And it's easy to think about, okay, what are the different functions of the church? Oh, you have the pastor, you have the worship team because they're on the front, and you have the church leaders. But it's more than that. Right? The audio-video team that, that comes every morning to make us visible, make us audible, play an important role, function in the body. The people who come early to help set up, set up the table, set up the coffee, set up the food, set up the chairs when there's needed for chairs. Those who stay afterwards to help clean up, they play an important role in the body. People who come and visit. You may not have an official role, but if you come to church and you greet somebody, You say hi to them. You engage in conversations. You see there's someone new. And you say, you know what? I haven't met them yet. I'm going to go and say hi, introduce myself. Maybe introduce them to somebody else. You are playing a function, a role in the body of Christ. When you come into Bible study, come into fellowship, you may not be leading it, but you're there and you're participating. You are playing a function in the body of Christ. You don't need a title to have a function and to have a purpose. You may ask, Do I need to know what my spiritual gift is to serve? Well, I don't know what my spiritual gift, Pastor Mike, is, so I'm going to wait until I get one. No, no, no. You don't necessarily have to know everything, but just be willing to have opportunity. To say, God, you know, I'm going to help out, I'm going to serve. And sometimes you don't. You discover those gifts, you discover those opportunities as you take those steps to serve others. So what's the purpose of it? It goes on in Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, you're following along in your Bibles, turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Paul talking about the purpose. Why do we have all these functions? Why do we have all these gifts? Why is this important to us? Verse 12. He goes on and says, "...for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to a measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine." by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking of the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So what's the purpose? Why do we have all these different functions? Why do we have these different roles? Why should we pay attention to what we do for others? First thing Paul says is for the equipping of the saints for service. That when we come together in church, in church community, in Christian community, when we come here together, we're here to help equip you for service. For serving the Lord, making sure that you know about the Lord, making sure you're ready, spiritually ready, so that you can carry out the work of the Lord, not only in church, but especially outside of church. So that when you come on a Sunday, it's kind of like prep, getting yourself ready. So that when you go out into the world, you're engaged, you're ready for service, to serve the Lord. To help be an encouragement, not only to someone in church, but outside of church. We're going to get to that next week when we talk about our witness. So as equipping of the saints for service, and so that we may have the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. That we may all come to unity of faith and knowledge of Him. The most important thing I want to convey to you all, if you get anything... Is more important than even just knowing what the purpose of church is, that you may know the Lord. That you would come to a growing knowledge of Jesus Christ, of His great love. I don't want you just to get to know me. It's not enough for that. It's not enough for you to come to church to get to know each other, that you may know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing that you may know the Lord. And that's our purpose as a church, right? So that we would have the people that we know or the people that we don't know, that they would come to know the Lord. And it's that building up of the body. He talks about building up together as a whole body. We're building each other up. and That word, it's kind of like building blocks. As a kid, you build Legos. Right, I love Legos, and my daughter had a lot of Legos, and you're putting Legos, you're building of building, you're putting it together. And we're building up the body of Christ. As people come to faith, the body of Christ is building up. And not only building up, filling up, but also we're building up. We're strengthening the body of Christ. Getting a full body workout. Any of you guys Exercise? If you have an exercise regimen, sometimes if you're into weightlifting, you have days that say, all right, this is a leg day, right? Or this is an upper body, this is an arms day, whatever it may be. We want to build up the body of Christ so that we're in the fullness of Christ, that the body of Christ is ready for service. So here's that purpose. Purpose of why we're gifted, why we come together, why we should serve each other, because we're part of a bigger body of Christ, and we're building it up for God's kingdom. Now that comes with a caution. When it comes to service, when you're dealing with human people, we have the warning signs, the problems of the dangers of getting our humanness involved. Right? Our fleshly desires evolve. Sometimes we mix up serving the Lord with our own agenda, our own desires, what we want to get out of it. And I want to end this message with Paul's kind of uh, warning, but also encouragement and exhortation in Philippians chapter 2. There it goes. He says, if there is any encouragement in Christ... If there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose. So if there's any of these things in your congregation... If there's any love there, if there's any consolation, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion exist among you, make sure you have the same mind, maintain the same love, unite in the Spirit, intent on one purpose. And he says this, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind let each of you regard one another as more important Than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Having this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. See how we're come full circle. When back in the passage in Ephesians, talking about the purpose, so that we may have unity of the faith and spirit. Paul warns about not being like children tossed around here and there by waves of doctrine. Not to fall into this, not to fall into that. We talked about the word of God months ago. The importance of the word of God. Keeping us grounded in knowledge of him. And we talked about weeks ago about the, the importance of edifying each other and elevating each other, honoring each other in our fellowship. That in our interactions together, our relationships with each other is about the other person as much as it is, if not more so, than ourselves. Because if in our regular relationships, if we don't have that, then we can't do that in service. If we don't honor each other, if we're not here for each other in our relationships, then when we come to service, we're going to have service with wrong intentions and motives. So many times we get caught up in service because maybe it's going to make us feel good, make us feel spiritual. You don't have to raise your hands, but I'll, I'll include myself in that. There were times when I wanted to serve because I knew it would make me feel good about who I was as a Christian. Right? it'll make me feel useful, so I'm just going to serve in that regard. Or someone wanted me to, so I'm going to do it just because someone asked me to. But see, we have to keep our intentions in check when it comes to service. Faithful service with the purpose of edifying others is enabled by love and not pride, right? Right? Faithful service with the purpose of edifying others is rooted, it's it's enabled by love and not pride. If I'm going to be faithful in service, if I'm going to serve the people in church, I want to be because I love them. I have the love of Christ for them. It's not going to be because I'm going to get something out of it. Because if we serve, wow, I knew that was going to happen. If we serve with the intention of making us feel good, or to be busy on a Sunday is going to be disappointing. If you're going to use your service as a measurement of your spirituality or how close you are with God, you're going to face disappointment. Serve out of love for each other, out of your love for the Lord. When we serve, it's not to make Generations Church more successful if we serve here so that our church can be more successful, we will fail. I'm not just talking about whatever number of growth it is, but what God wants to do. But if we serve each other out of the love of our hearts for each other, we serve each other, we serve this church, we serve God out of a love for the Lord to see what He can do in the church then who knows what God can do? We don't serve for the name of Generations Church. Remember I mentioned that months ago when we were outside about the different idols we may place in church. Our name should not be the idol we worship. We should not be trying to honor the name of our church. But rather, we're going to serve, we're going to do what we can here as a church so that we honor each other, meet the needs and help each other, and serve the Lord see the difference why is this critical why have i spent so much time on this chapter it's all going to lead to next week possibly two weeks or actually in two weeks next week pastor andy's going to speak i'll pick it back up in two weeks why all this time it's because of this final final piece of the puzzle and that is our witness because there are people, people in your life and people around you who need to know the hope of the Lord. They need to see genuine goodness in life. And they're, they're struggling, they're trying to find it. And can they find it in the church that you go to? When they come to the church, when they come here, can they see the hope of Christ? Can they see the love of God in action? Can they see the kindness towards other people in how we relate to each other? Can they see believers submitting themselves as living sacrifices to God in their worship, in how they live, and in how they interact? Because if we can't get that, if we can't nail that down, if we can't at least practice it on a weekly basis, then I don't know what kind of witness we'll be to others because we're all doing this for the building up of the body of Christ, right? So that's why we're spending so much time in this chapter and in these points so that we can have in our minds and hearts, you know what, God, we want to be faithful servants to you. We want to be faithful servants to each other so that we can be in it for each other and not just for ourselves. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much. We thank you for the gift of church, the gift of community, the gift of fellowship, relationship, That we can come here, Lord God. Not only worship you, but worship you together. Learn together. Grow together. Hurt together. Rejoice together. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to have eyes to see each other, to care for one another. Help us to be actively seeking, Lord. What, where can I fit in in the body of Christ? How can I be used by you for your glory? Give us that heart, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.